0: If I haven't had an opportunity to meet you, I'm going to be right outside those doors after the worship service, and, and I would love to get a chance to say hi. Um, if you're joining us online or via podcast, welcome to you as well. Uh, I hope that you are doing as, as well as, as I feel. Uh, this morning I, w- I woke up and I was super excited because we get to continue this sermon series, and today is actually the final Sunday of the Won't You Be My Neighbor sermon series. And we, we have wholeheartedly ripped off of Hollywood. They've been doing it to us for years, so we're, we're, we're doing it right back. Uh, actually, uh, talking about uh, Mr. Rogers. And, and the reason that I say we ripped off Hollywood is because next month... Tom Hanks has a new movie coming out called Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and it's, it's this idea of, of who Mr. Rogers was and, and, and what change and impact he really had on the lives of children and, and how that has rippled into uh, even today. And so we started by saying, what if Jesus, when he said, love your neighbor, he really meant your neighbor? And that to me has been pretty convicting. And, and one of those things where I'm like, well, I really need to make, make, make some changes about how I neighbor with my neighbors. And then the next week we talked about how we really need to, to be intentional about it. And we had uh, the grid of shame. Uh, which is not really a grid of shame, and it, there it is. Uh, you Are Here is your house, and it's just information about the folks that live around you. Not just name, but how, how well do you really know them? Do you know something that you can't see when they just pull into their garage? Uh, do you know maybe something uh, that, that's a little deeper with them? Or do you have a good relationship with your neighbors? And, and if you look at that, there's eight houses. Now, you're not limited to only eight houses. If, you're, if, you, if you got it great with these eight, hey, expand your, your size. So we had some folks that were like, oh, I'm a good neighbor. And then they saw this and they were like, well, I'm not that good a neighbor. Uh, so it's a little different. Uh, and then the third week, we talked about time and fear being the things that hold us back from being a good neighbor. And today, today we're going to talk about just how can we be neighborly? What does it look like to actually be a good neighbor? What what are the things that we can do? And here's why. Because quite frankly, the world is different than it used to be. So when I say back in the day, I mean like the late 70s, early 80s. That's my back in the day. Now some of y'all back in the day is a little bit later than that. Some of y'all back in the day is right now. So, you know, you're, that's, that's what you're experiencing in, in, in the future. You're going to be like, yeah, back in the day, that's what he meant. So I'm, I'm a genie. Anyway, uh. Not a genius at all. So back in the day, neighboring was a little bit different. I mean, when, when, when you think about it, neighboring came from, like, if, if you have a farm or huge tracts of land and somebody comes and knocks on the door and they're, they're in need of some place to stay and people were like, yeah, come on in, it's, we'll feed you and you can stay. Now, when I was a kid, that would not have flown, right? Uh, but when somebody came to the house and knocked on the door, the house got excited, right? It was like, oh my gosh, somebody's here. Not just the dog, but the whole house got excited. And like, I remember trucking to the front door in my socks, sliding down the linoleum, because that's what all the cool kids had, to the front door, only to hear my dad say, don't touch that door, because he wanted to be the one to open it up and and welcome them into the house. And we would open the door and, and it would be a neighbor or it would be somebody. My favorite was, we were just in the neighborhood right? Ain't nobody hears that anymore. Now it, it'd be creepy. So, but back in the day, uh, it, we were just in the neighborhood or, uh, you know, it's a neighbor and they're like, hey, uh, we, we just haven't come and said hi in a while. And we thought we'd come over. And you're like, hey, come on in. And maybe your mom was like, was one of these moms that, that would get the, the guest, the, the, the company dessert. Like they would have a special dessert made just for company, and, and God forbid if you were a child and you decided you were going to sneak a piece of the company dessert and your mother found out because uh, the world could come to a crashing end. So not, not personal experience, <laughs> not, not personal experience, but it was the dessert and they would bring out the dessert. And you know, th- this was back in, <laughs> you guys are really going to love this part. They, they would, maybe you would like a cup of Senka, right? <laughs> so this, is, this, this was a free dried, freeze dried coffee. It was—it's gross, even then. But but they would serve it to guests. I don't know why. Um, my grandparents loved that stuff. They would oh, let's have some because you don't have to percolate a whole pot of coffee. We can we can just make a little bit of coffee because there were no Keurigs. That's why, kids. That's that's what it is. And so you know that that was it's, uh, you're so excited that people come over and they can drop by and you don't have to. Tell people you're coming over because they were excited that you were there. Cell phones have changed everything, because now if you like, if you're coming to my house, you text me, "Hey, okay, somebody's coming. That's cool." Um, because when the door, when this happens, it's a whole different ball game now. Like the only one excited is the dog. Everybody else is like, "Did you invite somebody over to somebody?" Watch? It's happening, And if you, got, if you got glass by your front doors, your mom may be army crawling through the living room <laughs> so that she's not going to be seen while she's getting away from the, the, the visibility. I have a friend who is a pastor who I will not name, uh, but he has, a, uh, he has glass on either side of his door um, and, and it looks into it. So you have a good view of the house and he's got a, a small wall that's like an angled wall when you walk in his house, and he was on the other side of the wall, which is not visible, and it's about this wide, and he was dusting, and they knocked on the door, and he was like, (laughs) and he said, I stood there for about five minutes, because I had to know that they were already gone, because I didn't want them to be Able to see me. Neighboring has changed. It's not and, and, and cell phones. I think cell phones are the real culprit because now, like even when my daughter my daughter's friends wouldn't even knock on the door, they would just be like, "I'm here," <laughs> on the text. And, and so Savannah's like, "I'm leaving." I'm like, "I haven't even met your friend. This is not how. so." It, it's just it's just a different scenario. And and like I said, even further back, uh, you had people that would come and just stay at your house. But now we hide inside of our homes instead of trying to build relationships. We find excuses to wall ourselves off. And here's why, because maybe, maybe I'm the only one that, that, that gets a, a, a heavy sigh when the doorbell rings. I'm like, "Oh gosh, And here's why, Because most of the time now, when the doorbell rings, it's somebody that wants to sell me something, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe they want to fix my siding, or check my roof for free. Uh, or, or it's, you know, a Jehovah's Witness or Christians or bicycling Mormons, or somebody that, that, that has come into my house to sell me something. And, and, you know, like, la- it could be a kid. Last week, uh, Maren, on Wednesday, Marin's selling cookie dough. Uh, she was one of the girls that was singing up here, and she was pushing cookie dough hard. <laughs> it's, it's like, would, if you came to my house, I'd be like, oh, God, I'm going to buy eight du- tubs just to get you to leave. Um, but that's a bad example because then they're like, that's the money guy, let's go there, right? And so all of this is, is the difficulty that we have because now, now we are unprepared for company. We, we, we are, as a matter of fact, we're, we're disproportionately unhappy when somebody rings our doorbell. And think about that from the other side. Like this week, I've got three new neighbors. Y'all... Y- y'all have been hearing the story of my neighborhood. Um, I I had one neighbor and now I have three new people that have moved in. So I've got four whole neighbors. And so I I was walking over and one of the houses I went to, it was 10 o'clock in the morning. And I was like, okay, they're older. So I I can knock on their door to talk about it. I don't know if those other folks are awake now and I don't want to be a bother. I don't want them to be unhappy. I don't want them to sit there and think, oh, this is a pain, or what does this guy want? That kind of thing. Um, and, and so the anxiety is real on both sides. Even trying to be a good neighbor can be an, 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 an anxious moment because you're knocking on the door, and you know that they're not excited that you're there. I have a friend who on his door, doorstep, he's got a sign that says, uh, no soliciting. Don't make, what, don't make it awkward. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> Right, I mean, this is this is kind of the thing that we're trying to tell our neighbors: don't don't come over, don't be a part of the community. I'm 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 okay and, and walled off in my house all by myself. And so we're trying to move past that because uh, you know, just because people are busy doesn't mean they need they don't need love. Just because people are concerned doesn't mean they don't need somebody to give them compassion and care for them. So we have so many reasons not to be a good neighbor, except for Jesus. Jesus is a great reason to be a good neighbor, because quite frankly, he said, go be a good neighbor. And if we want to live a life similar to the song, won't you be my neighbor? Please, won't you be my neighbor? That's a different vibe than what we have. So I I want to to start by having us do an exercise. Uh, This time, we're not going to write anything down. This time, all you have to do is close your eyes. And I want you to picture in your mind's eye, Jesus. Get a good, firm image of who Jesus is. And now we're going to talk about that. So maybe in your image. I want you to go ahead and click to the next slide. Maybe your image is this guy. Uh, maybe this is your image of Jesus. This is an icon from the Greek Orthodox Church. Um, Jesus has got two books in his hand, and he's got two angels talking to him. He's got this crazy halo thing and some Greek letters around there. I, got, I paid a lot of money, so I could know that. Um, and he's got you know, some hand symbol he's got going on. Here, here, this guy looks too busy to help anybody. This is very stoic Jesus. Next, maybe you pictured angry Jesus. Maybe it's because there's some stuff in your life that you know you shouldn't be doing, just like me. And so your, your picture of Jesus is, is, is an angry Jesus. This is Jesus after he's braided some cords together and he's driving people off out of, the commu- uh, out, of, out of the temple. Maybe that's your picture of Jesus. And then I just found this picture. This is just so this is the two for flinching Jesus. Um, so here, here it is. When I was a kid, there was a game we would play where we would pretend like we were gonna hit somebody. If you flinched, they would get to hit you twice. It's a dumb game. I get it. But when I saw this picture, I just started cracking up because I was like, he just two for flinched. He's gonna hit him twice. It's crazy. So anyway, that's free. Uh, y'all don't y'all don't have to pay anything for that all week, folks. Next picture though, this is uh, one of the most popular pictures of Jesus that we have. In the Protestant Church, I like to refer to this Jesus as Cocker Spaniel Jesus, uh, because he's very golden, right? And he looks very—you know—he's—he's he's looking off in the distance. It doesn't look like he's going to be any use to helping us either. And what the problem is is when we think about Jesus, these are typically the pictures we have in our mind for Jesus. Typically, we don't have a picture of happy Jesus. Uh, well, this is buddy Jesus. Sorry. This is not happy Jesus. This is my atheist friends. This is their picture because it's a statue and does nothing. He can't help us either. But the next picture, however, is happy Jesus. How many times do you picture when, when you... Uh, y'all don't have to raise your hands because I'm, I'm pretty sure it's about 100% of you. When you pictured Jesus, this was not the picture that you pictured. It's not a happy Jesus. He's either serious or because he's serious about a lot of things, or he's focused and driven, or he, he's all business. No fun, right? It's, it's like the mullet, party in the back, business in the front. It's not—not, not, Never mind, that's free too. I'm never going to say that again. So we rarely have a, a, a real picture of who Jesus is. And we, we use this picture of Jesus. And, and I think it's so important to have a, an appropriate picture of Jesus. When I When I go to, when I practice Christian meditation, so Christian meditation is this. It is, so Eastern meditation, you empty yourself of everything and you try to just be there. Uh, Christian meditation is to, to be aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit within you and to focus on it. And one of the ways that I do that is I visualize Jesus. And the moment I visualize, every time I'm doing this, Jesus is at a campfire with Peter, James, and John. He's been raised from the dead, and they have been fishing all night. And, and he shows up and, and, and tells them, hey, put the net out on the other side. And, and they catch fish. And Peter's like, that's the Lord. And he jumps out of the boat, not wearing very much, trucking up to the beach because he can't even wait for the boat to get up to the front. He's so excited to see Jesus. And they sit and they eat fish together sharing a meal, laughing, smiling, and excited to be in one another's presence. That's the Jesus that I picture in my mind because that's a Jesus that I can share with somebody else. Stoic, angry, or ambivalent Jesus are not Jesus's that are 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 able to be shared. And, and 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 if that's the case, if if that's what we've been thinking about this whole time, it's gonna impact the way that we share our lives with others because we gotta be all stoic and serious. We can't have any fun. So I want to turn that on end today. I wanna flip that over and and give us a different picture of Jesus. And I was told during the first service that I needed to add some some clarifying pieces to this and and uh, we're just going to go with it and see if y'all can, can understand where I'm going. Um, and we're going to be reading from John's Gospel, the second chapter of John's Gospel. Uh, and if you have your Bibles with us, I would love for you to open them up and turn to John chapter 2. If you have a, a device, a phone, an iPad, go ahead and turn uh, that thing on to chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles outside that we have made available for you because we want everybody to be in the Word of God. And so John's Gospel, the second chapter, is the story of, the, of, of his first miracle, And now John was was one of Jesus' best friends. So there were were three folks that that rolled with Jesus all the time, Peter, James, and John. They were the same that were eating with him. And so John's gospel is an eyewitness account of this this celebration. So I'm going to start chapter 2, verse 1. The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine but you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and the disciples believed in him. So we have a lot of stuff going on in this story, but what I want to focus on is Jesus kept the party going, right? Now, this is, this is going to really kind of push some folks on the edge because it sounds like, you know, hey, Jesus, this isn't a parlor trick. Jesus didn't show up just so he could do it. There was some serious shame that would happen with the family if the wine ran out because that means they didn't have enough to care for the community and they didn't prepare for the celebration. But what happens is Jesus comes on the scene, and I love the interaction between him and Mary because uh, it's, it's such a motherly thing to do. Jesus says, "It's not my time," and she looks at the servants and she's like, "Do whatever he tells you," you know. I mean, you can almost hear it. And so he he gives in or decides he's going to do, or he's decided before, but for for purposes that are unknown to us, he he put up a little bit of an argument, but he performs this miracle of turning water. Into wine. Now, this is a big deal because these celebrations went on for a long time, and there were a lot of people that would be at the celebration. Folks from all over would come to the town and celebrate because it was was like the highlight of their year when, when families would come together in marriage. And so Jesus is there, and here's the deal Jesus and his disciples are invited to the party not because they're lame, but because They're important people. And Jesus shows up not to make everybody unhappy and feel guilty about celebrating, but to have fun and celebrate with them. So this is a picture of actually the... the, So first off, Cana of Galilee is no more. We don't know where it is. There is a Cana that you can go visit when you go to the Holy Land, but we're not sure if it's the same place or not. But this, and and so this this vessel that's in front of this guy is not uh, an actual one of Jesus-filled Vats. That's not what. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, this is just one that they have found, but it is a ceremonial washing thing. This thing is huge, and it's made out of stone. And my favorite thought when I, I so I don't know who this guy is when I was going through my pictures, uh, but this guy right here, he really looks like he's a youth pastor trying to explain to youth what's going on, and that that's a lot of wine because um, they had six of these, so that's either 120 or 180 gallons. Of wine, it's a serious amount of wine. Jesus is keeping the party going, and I, I don't mean that in the sense of today it's like a rave party, you know, everybody going crazy. I mean, he's keeping the community celebrating together. He's having them come together and and be excited. Now, husbands, I want to I want to throw some caveats out there. Husbands, uh, especially. Uh, certain husbands. This isn't a free license to drink as much as, as, much as you want. This isn't, That's not what we're talking about. Wives, this is the same thing. It's not a free license to drink as much as students. I don't even have to say anything to y'all. I've got my, I'm watching y'all. Anyway, um, so it, it's, this, that being said, Jesus is focused on keeping the community celebratory, on having a good time. Not on, not on being distant, but on being present. Not on being uh, absent, but instead being right in the middle of this, the, the, this whole deal. Because Jesus ate with sinners and religious elite. He dined with prostitutes and with teachers of the law. Jesus was about inclusion, loving people where they were, and then helping them take their next steps on their spiritual journey. And that's the same thing that we try to do here at Cassidy. And, and, and I want us to be focused on that because one of the things we have to do is we have to turn our subdivisions back into neighborhoods. We have to knock the doors down, the, or the walls down that prevent us from going into our neighbors, uh, going to our neighbors and being good neighbors. Instead, we need to embrace that We can't hide in our homes using them as a refuge when Jesus commands us to be good neighbors. We just can't do it. Now, I've heard so many cool things this past week about people that are doing stuff. You heard one earlier this morning about taking apple pies to folks. I've I, I heard folks played voicemails for me and showed me text messages of how they're going out. And, and the excitement that we have as a community about going out and doing something to be a good neighbor has been a, a great Time. It's been exciting to watch. People on social media are hitting me up and saying, "Hey, check this out!" My mom sent me this picture. Um, this guy right here is, is cooking some food on a grill. What you don't know that this is uh, in Houston, and this is called H- Interstate Highway 10. If you've ever been to Houston, this is the largest highway in Houston. It's 10 lanes across one direction. You can land an airplane on it. And when the, when the tropical storm went through and dumped all the rain in Houston and they had floods again, there were cars that were stuck on this highway for over 36 hours. They couldn't get off the highway. The, there were no ways to get off the highway. This guy was stuck in the traffic right alongside him and, and had a food truck. And he, decide, he called his boss and he was like, hey, can I cook the food for folks? And his boss was like, sure, let's do it. And he had toilet paper in that truck, he had, which was a big deal, 36 hours. That's a long time. So he he just starts cooking for folks that are trapped on the highway. Now most people, when you're sitting in traffic, your idea is not like, oh, I'm going to be nice to my neighbor. It's like that guy cut me off, right? Well, that's maybe that's just me. But um, that's that's the thing is is we've got to get past that. This past week, I took uh, so apple pies are great. Um, I I I took four apple pies. Uh, I bought them and have taken them to my new neighbors. And I was able to deliver three of them because one person wasn't home yet. Um, So my hope is that they will be home this afternoon. But I've been able to go and and knock on their doors and say, hey, because yesterday was National Good Neighbor Day. I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, Suzanne told me about it. Jimmy Carter started it in 1973. It's crazy. So it, it was just an awesome opportunity to go next door. Last Thursday, we had Folks, spend hours here making 225 apple pies. If you don't have one, we still have some for sale. They're great. This is not a sales pitch for you to take an apple pie just so you can give it to your neighbor, but what an awesome opportunity because it's a take and bake apple pie. Take it to your neighbor and be like, hey, I was just thinking about you. This weekend is national extended from one day to the whole weekend. National Good Neighbor Weekend. (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) And, And offer it to them. And, and here's, here's the thing that really gets me. So people spent hours here making apple pies. And Thursday was the first time that we were able to go serve at the least of these. And we had folks that had spent hours here and then went to serve our neighbors at the least of these. Um, we had over 20 people show up at the least of these. It blew the minds of the folks that, that run the least of these. They were so excited. The, la- at the At the end, one of the guys comes up that's a regular volunteer, and he said, guys, you, you, because uh, we sorted and, and did some food work, um, and he said, you, this is what normal volunteers every day come in and do, and usually a couple of people do this, and it takes hundreds of man hours, and in two hours, we were able to to reduce their workload by a ton. And so it's just about getting out into the community and making a difference. It's about getting outside of our doors, and we have to love our neighbors because Jesus said to, but we also get to love our neighbors because, quite frankly, some of our neighbors are awesome people. Some of our neighbors could be the, the reason that we are inspired to, to do something different. Some of our neighbors could make a difference so profound in our lives that it leads to a deeper relationship. With Jesus Christ. So get out and make a difference. And, and I want to encourage you in, in some specific ways. One, you can have a block party. Now, I know this is going above and beyond, but I've heard that there was a family that hosted a block party in their house. Now, I don't know if it was because of the Good Neighbor uh, sermon series, or if it's just because they really like to have parties in their house. I don't know. But regardless, that's a great opportunity to invite folks over from your neighborhood. Uh, the Cardinals are... God, I hope, going to clench the Central Division. For the love of God, make the Cubs stop. Just call them up and say, stop. And if you're Cubs fans, you have no hope, so quit. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. But hopefully the Cardinals are going to win the division series and then be in the playoffs. Invite your neighbors to a playoff game. It's crazy. Monday night football, Sunday football. The Chiefs are going to be playing Monday night football coming up. We're going to have another opportunity to get together and watch Monday night football as a community. Everybody come out. We're going to watch. I don't know where it's going to be yet. Don't, don't quote me on that. But we're going to get together and do it. Or crazy, you could just invite your neighbor over to watch football. Uh, all of these are sports things. You know, the blues have started playing again. I'm a, a, a blues fan, so, you know, you can watch the... There's all kinds of sports, but hey, we don't have to limit it to that. Anything that you've... If you like potting plants, invite your friends over to pot plants together. Who doesn't love potting... Well, okay, some people don't love potting plants, but for the most part, uh, there's, there's there's folks that get they they run a deal. It's like a, they will come to your house and they put Art easels up, and they put stuff down on the ground, and you can have a painting party at your house. Invite your neighbors over to have a painting party. There are so many things that we can do to make a difference, to 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 embrace the community outside of our doors. But we have to go outside. So I want to encourage you with this. I want you to be creative, and I want you to have fun. I want you to smile. And let's love our neighbors well. Let's pray. Holy God, you have loved us more than we even understand. And the abundance of love that you shower out for us is not just for us. So help us not to bottle it up, but instead help us to love our neighbors well. Help us to share in the gift of joy and grace and peace that you have offered to us so that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus to everybody we encounter whether they're they're sinner or saint, we can love them the way that you have first loved us. Because when we're honest, we recognize just how far from you we really are and how selfish and self-centered we can be. So Father, put that aside and help us, help us to be more like Jesus each and every day. To the glory of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.